The following is brought to you by the Starfleet Podcast Network, SPN, The Spin. I think what would have been really cool, Frank, is you start off the scene in, in the jacket, the hat, and then we cut away to the away mission with the other people. And then we get back to you and you lose the jacket. And it's just you and the shirt. And then we go back to the away mission, come back to you. You've lost the hat, go back to the away mission and we come back to you. And then you just lose the shirt altogether. And it's just you, you know, you know, no shirt on, just real Captain Kirk in it, you know. And then by the time we get to the final scene, it's just you and your tidy whities on that river holding up the TNG bat. That's braver hmm. than anything Avalon's done. Don't you think? No, I, I think... don't think so. You forgot the pole. <laughs> Hi, it's Big J. And in just a moment, I will be presenting you with Crossroads Project Gemini, Episode 3, titled Rebirth. Afterwards, please join our critical and cynical review for our discussions and reactions to the film. Without further ado, here is Rebirth. Yes. Not much to look at, is it? <sighs> Broken dreams seldom are, Miss Tanner. I do want to thank you, though, for joining us on this mission. I wouldn't have had it any other way. But you know, you had a choice. But you chose this command in your loyalty to it. You didn't choose Menard. But if I had, his doppelganger would have had a bigger foothold. This is all out of my wheelhouse. Regardless, I do want to say thank you. And I know that sounds small. Well, it's too bad his doppelganger proved you right. And all this damage occurred. That's what I've been trying to figure out. Was that really Menard's evil doppelganger? Is that what he really is inside?
Commander, do you need me to leave? Uh, not at all, Lieutenant. I just came in for a little bit, bit of peace and quiet. I think we're fine to work on our assignments as long as there's no gum chewing. No gum chewing? I'm sorry, sir. I don't understand. As long as we're respectful towards each other, Lieutenant, I think we'll be fine. Ah. Any idea where this assignment we're headed to is? You know, there's been some strange pinging off of Arnolia Prime. I haven't seen that sort of uh, thing since uh, Carson. Yeah, we never did figure that out. You know, but maybe this is our time to figure that out and actually maybe fix what happened. Sometimes I feel like we're all part of a puzzle that's too big for us to understand. But isn't that part of the fun of it? Figuring out where you fit in that puzzle? I don't know that I'd call that fun. Overwhelming, maybe. Come on now, that's not the Starfleet attitude, is it, Lieutenant? Show me what else is out there. With how things are, it's either kind of do this or just fade away. There's plenty to do. What are you talking about? There's a whole universe out there. What is one vital thing not associated with the Federation from the last 100 years? Um. My point exactly. I'm good at what I do, even if it's not what I want to do. Senior staff, report to the bridge. Some leaves in command of his ship as well. You can call me Captain Mitchell. Let's just say that I am a special consultant on board the Excalibur. Beyond that is above your security clearance. Do you not know what's out here? This is clearly dangerous. Don't you think it's dangerous? Hello? I'm sitting in this chair instead of being in the engine room. Clearly, an oversight on Grissom's part. 
Listen, we're aware of the situation. That's why I'm here. I'm sorry. Until we figure out what this actually is, we're traveling into the unknown. The gravity waves affecting space-time. They're live quakes. Well, more like echoes of a quake that haven't happened yet. That's somewhat accurate. This is the first chance we've had to locate any signs of where the disturbances could be coming from. I'm sorry, Captain. Project Gemini takes precedence over your mission. Well then, I'm gonna give you some free advice. It's the sign of a good officer who contacts the superior and gets all the information they can regarding a situation before they approach. I can assure you, Grissom has his hands full at this moment. I wasn't talking about your superiors. Excalibur out. Grissom here. Commodore, Excalibur is on our way here. Oh, really? Commodore, without knowing what is causing the gravity shifts, that would not be advisable. Commander, reach out to the Excalibur and give her all the information that she needs. That may not be easy. And why is that? Well, based on your orders, I, I tried pulling protocol and it kind of blew up in my face. That's not the Starfleet way, Commander. Remember, one happy fleet. I'll try reaching out, Captain. We'll spread out and take a look around to see if we can figure out what's causing these gravity waves. You fix up your mess with the Excalibur. And if I can't? Then pray that we figure out what's causing these gravity waves before it causes a major crisis. Grissom out. Jaeger, Bedford, I want you to move off to the two o'clock position, see if there's any flux in process and figure out what's going on over there, whether it's hard or soft. Tomorrow, Gifford, I want you to move off to the 10 o'clock position, see if the same thing is going over there so we can triangulate. I'll take the six o'clock position. No. Okay. We meet back here in an hour or if you run out of communications range. Is that understood? Aye, sir. Move out. Aye, sir. Man, look at this place. It's absolutely breathtaking. I think you might want to reel back your enthusiasm some. Right. You do have more experience than I do out here. Most of my career has been flying to dust. Which makes your security current credible. Man, aren't you just a bucket of sunshine? Look, I didn't ask for this assignment, and I'm sure you're a great guy, but I didn't ask for you, and I didn't ask for this detail, so let's just do a good job. 
Have I done something to upset you? Oh Lord, you must be the most timid security officer in the fleet. What, you didn't want the assignment to the Harrison? If you must pry, no. No, I didn't. Admiral Reynolds assigned me, to, and sometimes you don't get a say. I'm needed here. And I could tell Grissom didn't want me here. I hate fake platitudes, but I know I'm needed. Wow, man, I haven't felt needed in a while. Yeah, I was on a cleanup crew for the Carson disaster. Oh my God, I heard about that. Yeah. I heard it made Colonial Green look like a picnic. Yeah, that was my first assignment. You know, I almost left Starfleet over it. And they assigned you to that? Well, you know, I volunteered. I wanted to do my part, you know, serve, get out there. I just saw a lot of tragedy. And so you took an administrative post? Well, and the Commodore and I spoke often. He kept an eye on me. So if not for Grissom, you wouldn't be here? Yeah, you know, he helped me get my priorities straight, get my head together. I've just seen so much turmoil and tragedy in this world. I'm just ready for something positive to come out. Let's go find that positive. After you, Mr. Yeager. Yeah, I don't mind if I do. that takes priority over other ships. And you know the immediate dangers of every situation. Well, no. Menard said that you were a good engineer. Didn't he say that you were on a path for command? I'm, I'm not. I came on board because Commodore Grissom needed a temporal and advanced warp theory expert only. I was just put in command. I didn't ask for this, sir. That can be a huge thing for someone not ready. But you're in that chair, and that's all that matters right now. Well, what do you suggest? You're obviously in control of the situation. The Excalibur is out there somewhere. If I know the captain, he'll be dodging you all day. So the Crusader isn't entering the system unless you approve of us entering it. So? So? So, you're in command of this situation. If you keep other ships out, you risk ruining all your work. This is true. In a given situation, a distress call takes priority, correct? Yeah, everything else is secondary. Even if that mission is an important one, saving life is a top priority. I see where you're going. This is no different. If the Excalibur has cause to be here, that's no different than a distress call. And you'll be saving those lives. Designating a specific place for them to coordinate so they can do what they need to do and yet stay out of our hair would benefit both of us. Win, win. 
I need to make a calm call, if you'll excuse me. Absolutely. Let the Crusader know when we can enter the system. No rush. Acknowledged. Tenor out. Does the cat have your tongue? Picked a hell of a time to go silent on me. Not trying to. Just trying to show that command confidence. Is there any reason why you didn't have that presence before? Could have handled the situation with the caliber better. Well, I do admit I did not see that coming. But that's part of the learning curve. Didn't you know that Eric respected your engineering skills and your solutions to problems and also the way you handle command tactics? No, I had no idea. He really needs to talk to his officers more and communicate with them. He's been very poor. He's just like his father. He thought I was command material? Well, he recommended you for the fast track to commander. But there's still things that you're going to have to learn. Out here, though, not quite that easy. Well, I'm going to be putting you more in command as I see fit. I believe in giving chances. That could be dangerous. Well, let me put it this way. There are a lot of dangers out there. Hang on. A lot of danger. I am Big J. I'm here with Frank. We are hoping that V-Man is able to make it uh, here tonight. Uh, unfortunately, Nico's not going to be able to make it either. So I don't know where we should have like a required attendance kind of form or something like that. Don't you think, Frank? I, I think so, too, because two of my people besides uh, Donna were supposed to be on. And, and unfortunately, uh, one forgot about plans that were actually her husband told her that they had plans that she forgot about, and unfortunately, my uh, my other executive producer, besides Vance, Jason, um, he got a really bad migraine after work today. He um, so I can certainly understand that. He said 
if he, if he was able to, he was going to come on. But if he's not here by now, unfortunately, he won't be here. But certainly can understand that because I, I know that he gets very bad migraines at times. So, Oh, that's no fun at all. Well, but no. we do have Donna Parker here who played Dr. Tamerl in the film we just watched or listened to. Project Gemini, uh, I'm sorry, Crossroads Project Gemini, episode three titled Rebirth. And so the first thing that I want to talk with you about, the sets. Now, this is in your garage, is that right? The the set that you made? Yeah, they're in my mother-in-law's garage. Hey, V-Man. There's V-Man. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Good, just in time. He is. What's up, guys? We we so, just started. Yeah, pretty much just started. I was asking Frank about the sets he used on his fan film, which was very nice. I know you talked about it, but this is the first chance I've had to really see it. And I like practical sets. I think those are really nice to use. It had to take a lot of work. Yeah, and, and we're right in the middle of a redress on it right now. As a matter of fact, before uh, we came down here, um, Donna was painting this area down here uh, because it got smudged the way. Uh, I tried spraying it with a can to get it darker, and it just was motley. It wasn't coming up. And then with the TVs up there, um, what I'm doing is I had to make the uh, a frame around them, so we're working on the frames. And none of the electronics are in there right now. Everything's stripped down. But, yeah, this is in my mother-in-law's garage in Gastonia, North Carolina. So she had nothing better to do. She had 40 years' worth of crap uh, stuff in it. <laughs> <laughs> that Donna was the one who cleaned the actual garage while I was, I was yeah. planning <laughs> you were doing the planning. It was either going to be a den or a studio, man cave, and you made it a set on the bridge of a starship. That is awesome. Donna. Now your, mother, your mother-in-law has become unofficially the, the Lucille Ball of the fan film world because of uh, how uh, how the whole set thing has, has kind of gone down and, and letting letting her use the, or letting you guys use the, the garage for the sets am, am i right frank oh yeah pretty much i think we, we we did actually say that at one point uh that she was uh the lucille ball of, of fan films and uh and i don't know if you, if you made it all the way to the end uh jefferson i know that you uh you know were there if you'll see and all of our films we have a picture of her as a still at yeah. the end <laughs> with a big thanks yeah was, mom said she wants you to take a better picture of her by the way <laughs> <laughs> was it after the credits because i did make it through the end but i didn't watch the end credits i yeah, watched when, the end when, credits scene but not the actual credit credit yeah after our banner, the uh, No Budget Production, Folk Fair Production banner that we have on all our films, it just ends with her just sitting there. Okay. Insane. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I have to go back and look at that. Yeah. The so. big question that I've got, Donna, how does mm-hmm. Frank rope you into these fan films? Uh, we were down in uh, Kingsland, Georgia, and uh the 
Farragut had invited me to go to, uh, since I made his uh, uniforms and uh, the cling, I mean, the Romulan uniforms for everybody, but Cheryl Lynn, but we, you know, it's just something we do. <clears throat> it, it was just something that uh, we started talking about and then Randy uh, started talking about, you know, to, Oh, tell me about Tamaril, because Tamaril was, when I do cosplay as a Vulcan, that I was Tamaril and everything. So we just worked it all into there. So. Okay, it's so you just, started by doing cosplay of the character. Cosplay and everything like that, yeah. Oh, I've been cosplaying for multi-years. Multi-multi-years. <laughs> so... Well, that's got to be a lot of fun. So it seems yeah. natural to go from cosplaying to being in a fan film. Yeah. Who did your visual effects on this one, Frank? Visual effects on this one. Uh, I was going to say um, Greg did most of those because Greg was the one who edited this. Oh, are you talking about the, the ship and stuff like that? Yes. Sam, yeah, Sam did. Sam did that. I, I figured yeah, he did. Okay. Fact, as a matter of fact, if you remember the transporter scene. Yes. Where they're coming out the transporter, that's just a green screen. Okay. So if you look at it, and it's really spot on. We just had a green screen on there and a board, you know, coming in. Originally, those... Uh, those two doors we have on either side of the bridge um, were supposed to be corridors. And then everybody kept on telling me, I think we really need a turbo lift. And I said, okay, we'll make this side because on the other side, you can fit three ants and a, and a rat. Uh, <laughs> so close to that side of the wall. <laughs> I'm going to use that. <laughs> three ants and a rat. <laughs> so, so having having worked on on uh, more than just a, a green screen film at this point, with uh, which which do you prefer shooting on the physical sets or shooting on the planet? Which uh, for this film, which which was more strenuous on your uh, production team, Frank? Well, I know I know the strenuous part for me was doing the outdoor scenes uh, on location because. We had those jackets on, and you may you may have a question on those because they're really not Star Trek type jackets. But people started, you know, using uh, like Target used uh, away team jackets, and then uh, Dreadnought Dominion has used bomber jackets before. So originally, we were looking at shooting a, a weekend where we thought it was going to rain. So we figured if we had the jackets on, then um, then you know we wouldn't get our our costumes or our uniforms wet. And as time came up to it, we saw that it wasn't going to rain. And all of a sudden, it came to me: Why get these costumes dirty? We've got the jackets. We'll wear the jackets with a black T-shirt, and it'll be a lot easier. Now, that's all well and good, except it was like 85 to 90 degrees out. Ooh, ow. <laughs> yeah, so um, why it was strenuous on me is I, 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 um, I, I'm i a little up there in, in years, and I do have some 
uh, respiratory problems. And uh, when I was down at the river, I didn't think I was going to get back to the car because we had to go. <laughs> you had to go uphill? Yeah, all the way. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was extremely hot. So, See, yeah, I think what we should I was going to say, and he had gone down the night before so he could scout out some stuff, and he uh, camped out that night. No, I slept in the car. And, and, <laughs> I, and I came down early in the morning. I, you know, got my uh, I got my makeup on and everything and drove down and stopped at, uh, down at uh, Dunkin' Donuts and got some uh, coffee, and then I stopped at Hardy's and got breakfast. And, you know, you pull up to the drive-thru because you don't want to go in but you pull up to the drive-thru and i you know hand her the my uh debit card and she looks and she looks and she looks (laughs) (laughs) i think what i think what would have been really cool frank um for your side of the filming is you start off the scene in in the jacket the hat and then we cut away to the away mission with the other people and then we get back to you and you lose the jacket and it's just you in the shirt you know maybe the hat and then we go back to the away mission and come back to you you've lost the hat <laughs> and then go back to the away mission and we come back to you and then you just lose the shirt altogether and it's just you you know you know no shirt on just real captain kirk in it you know uh and then by the time we get to the final scene it's just you and your tidy whities on that river holding up the tng badge i mean what do you think jefferson don't you think that's I mean, that's that's hmm. braver than anything Avalon's done, don't you think? No, I, think... I don't think so. You forgot the poll. <laughs> I, I think that would have been fun to watch. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, 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 dude, I would pay. I would, I would be a Patreon for that film. I would, uh, I, I like it. I think that would work. <laughs> that's a whole different oh, kind yeah. of film. You see, I was. I, 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 I was be I was by water. If I had done it there, somebody would either speared me as a whale <laughs> <laughs> or caught me as a walrus. One of the two. <laughs> See, that's a that's an action sequence. See, we're just we're, we're generating a bigger film here. See, the stories write themselves, Frank. See, so it's either it, it's either harpooned as a whale or caught as a walrus. Hopefully it's catch and release or some bird of prey swoops down and beams you up before that happens. Like in Star Trek four, the voyage home. See, here we go. Right. Right. If I write the film where you end up in your tidy whities like breaking bad style, <laughs> I will, I will fucking write that film, Frank. Uh, I'll be on that. Yeah. <laughs> And by the yeah, way, Vance wrote that. Vance yeah. does all our writing. Oh, you do, huh? Yeah, I, I, I do. I do the writing. Yeah, I, I, I love to write. Um, the, the thing about, the thing about these characters, um, is it's, it's kind of a fresh start. Like I have my, my Constar universe where I have all these multitude of characters, and they, you know, they're all fleshed out, whatnot. Um, and it's, it's a great. Um, well, well, universe of, of characters. Um, but getting to write for Frank and, uh, you know, the Sam Grissom to Merrill, um, 
these are these are fresh new characters and you get to well who do i want this person to be and who do i want this person to be and as you get to know the actors and a little bit of them um and you see a little bit and you're like okay i like this about their performance i'm gonna ex- i'm gonna expand upon that and then you see a little bit interaction here you're like okay i'm gonna expand upon that and you get to hear from frank well hey they kind of want to do this and you're like okay i'll expand upon this here and then you see it and you're like, okay, I really dug this about this. Let's expand. Um, it's it's nice to get to write about fresh characters because, again, for about nine years, <clears throat> I wrote for, um, you know, these you know characters that just were intertwined and 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 you know it was just okay. I'm going to take this, do this. I'm going to take this, do this. I'm going to take this, do this. And and you can watch them. I filmed them all out of order. Um, a lot like what Sam Cockings is doing with his films, um, you know, shooting Picard era and then going back to TOS era and then next gen era and DS9 era. It's like, okay, I, I did that first, <laughs> you know, um, and it, it can be, you know, confusing, um, but it's worth it when you see the whole tapestry in order of, of what you're watching, you know. Um, but it's nice to be able to do something a little more simple of let's tell a cohesive story with some characters. Um, but I really enjoyed this one. Um, because you got to see them on the ship, you got to see them on the away mission. And this to me, um, not to knock Frank's productions, but this, this really was the first time that this felt like a, a true Star Trek episode, you know, um, uh, for Crossroads, you know, cause we had had, uh, the, the first one, uh, with, um, which was a com box episode where he's talking to the admiral, getting the assignments, talking to a couple of the crewmen, whatnot. Um, but we've done that before. And then we had another one where he's in the shuttlecraft with uh, uh, Jason, um, who plays Jaeger, um, which is a good guy. And there was good chemistry there. But again, that's kind of a it, it's a trickery. Um, you know, it's green screen stuff, but it's essentially a com box episode. It's two people talking. Um, let me let me interject there just for a sure. second on yeah. that particular film, which was called a uh, question of balance. We had the bridge, finally got the bridge together. So the first one we shoot on the bridge, we green screen the entire bridge to make it look like a shuttlecraft. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> so. You didn't see any of the bridge. You saw some of the helm, but you know you, we just went out there and just green screened everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this was this is the first time that you actually saw, you know, them being you know Star Trek, you, you know, in a Star Trek episode. And I, originally, I wrote um, them on an away mission because we didn't have access to the bridge. Um, for, I think it took Frank three months, if I'm not mistaken, um, to to do this. And uh, if, if again, Frank, you feel free to, to chime in and, and correct me on anything. Um, but I, I think a lot of it stemmed from a little push from my direction going, hey, man, I think you can fucking do this. It doesn't look that hard. And him going, you know what? I think I can. And then him doing it and doing it with very little um out of his own well a lot from his own pocket but very little yeah that, no to, it was, that was all out of my own pocket at that I, point I, 
Yeah, my the upgrades we're doing now are coming from the, the from the uh, GoFundMe. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of them is It was my yes. Lowe's credit card. What's it that now? Lowe's, it was my Lowe's credit card. Ninety uh, percent of that uh, bridge came from Lowe's in Belmont. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Very, very little as opposed to like what Mutual Zone Studios cost, but very lot from their own personal yeah. account, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, that's what, you know, when you when I look at that bridge, I'm like, that's that's a modern miracle. Love the cup, Frank, but you know, lo- love the, the see through cup. cup. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, that, but this was, you know, when when I, we initially did rebirth. This was supposed to be, you know, I wrote the uh, away mission because that's we didn't have access to a bridge. And it wasn't until Frank, he had hired on um, a guy named Griffin or Griffith. I forget the guy's name. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he no longer works for us. But uh, oh, he was I know of, what you're doing, man. He was kind of pushing, uh, hey, let's add some bridge stuff to this. Let's add some ship stuff. And I... I wasn't a fan of that because it's anytime someone dumps more work on me, I get kind of pissed off because um, I have other stuff to do. So I was I was kind of frowning upon that. Like, the fuck is this guy think he is? Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I can. I don't want to, but I can. If it had been anyone else besides Frank, I would have told the guy to go fuck himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did because, again, it's my best friend asking me for it. So I did it. And I was very happy with what we came up, you know, the uh the bridge stuff because it, it gave a little bit more uh, ability to flesh out uh the crew um and and the direction we wanted to go and i think even though i was resistant to uh doing it i i think we came out with a better episode and a more star trek feeling vibe for the series um with this um and i i really enjoyed this um because I, like I said, this is the first time that this actually felt like uh, Star Trek, and I loved all of the characters in this. Um, they, they really felt like they belonged in the Star Trek universe, and I would put this up against uh, any Avalon film or Dreadnought Dominion film or Constar film, um, and not not in terms of like you know competition, knock them down, but just in terms of hey, if you want to watch a great fan film, here's one of them, you know, because it's it's a great jumping on point, you know. Um, and it ends on a great mystery of like, what's this TNG badge? What is this? What? You know, so. Um, I like that ending part, seeing the TNG era badge. And in my opinion, I think that anytime you can have a fan film be done outdoors is a plus because it's easy to be on set. It's easy to do the com boxes or whatnot. You're in a more controlled environment. But when you put yourself out there in the elements, like, for example, you were saying that you wanted to be out there when it was raining, but it wasn't. So you had to kind of adjust on the fly. Uh, it, it makes things more challenging and it gives you some more challenges for the, uh, for the film and the storytelling. If you, if you had a, uh, a preference and you were saying that uh, you wanted to use those jackets, but you, uh, at, at first, you, you did not because you wanted to show the actual uniforms. Is that right? Well, no, actually, actually, I just didn't want the uniforms because they are hard to, especially the gold color. 
they're hard to get a hold of, you know, because, you know, not too many people come out with that avocado-ish look. It's usually either that, that crazy gold color that they have. So if you can get the avocado, um, I like to keep them as pristine as possible. So how do you get around it? Well, you put a jacket on it. That's one way of saving it, but it's 90 degrees out there. So you don't want to layer that way. Uh, though I could have been used as a sauna for me, I might've lost some weight out there. Um, <laughs> so with some exercise. Yeah. Yeah, trust me, I got exercise on that one. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Um, but the thing is, is when you step that way, which way do you go? Now, one of the big things about Crossroads is I purposely, well, first two things. When I started Dreadnought Dominion, everybody was doing Connie's. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't want to do a Connie. As a matter of fact, the only reason that Dreadnought has a Connie-style bridge is because I couldn't figure out. I mean, I had ideas of what I wanted to do to make you know things down at the Farragut Studios, you know, to put to make it look a little bit different. But I didn't want a Connie. I wanted different. I always loved the Dreadnought, so we reached out to the estate. When I came back into fan films, once again, Gary said, well, why don't you do a Miranda class? And I said, I don't want to do a Miranda class. Everybody does Miranda classes now. Mm -hmm. So the Harrison, actually, I saw it was in Star Trek Online. Oh, was it? Mm -hmm. And it it didn't have a hangar deck or anything. So when I worked with Sam and his modeler, we added things in there that I wanted. Okay, so I, I played Star Trek Online, but I did not realize that, uh, well, it's been a while since I've played it, so I probably yeah. missed some things. But yeah, it's a, it's a Gemini, and it is a Gemini temporal cruiser, that's what they call it. But the funny thing about it is it's a humongous ship, and I scaled it down for a smaller crew because I had a smaller bridge in the garage because I didn't have the space. Right. The thing I the, th- the thing I like about it, Frank, is y- even though it's a, a Star Trek online ship, when you look at it now, and and maybe it's just because I know you, um, but when you look at it now, it definitely screams Crossroads or Sam or, or Frank. You know, um, it, it much like when you look at the you know an Avalon ship, you 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 know, you, you simply you you think of that person you know when i see a dreadnought class i think of gary or randy you know because because that's who it's always associated you know um i see this ship i think of you i don't think of oh that's a ship on star trek online oh yeah Um, no no. it's 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 just like with uh you know you see a regular constitution class ship with with blue nacelles everybody's going to think oh it's vantage it's constar and that was what like it's it's those type of things People, when I did the Constar originally, they thought I was stupid. They're like, why are you doing that? That that doesn't look right. And I'm like, it's it's something to set yourself apart. Like you, I had to use a, a Constitution class ship on, on my stuff. Um, you know, doing the Constar, I knew, okay, I'm jumping to the Wolf 359. You know, how, how am I going to work myself around this? Um, so I came up with that storyline, but I thought I still have a constitution class ship, you know, 
So let me, what can I do to be different? You know, if I'm just a constitution class ship, regular in, in 23rd century, that doesn't set me apart. But if you make them blue, that references like the JJ stuff, but it, it sets me apart. You know, just looking at the ship, it's visually different. Looking at your crossroads ship, like I, I instantly think you. And that's one of those things that, you know, I didn't want someone to be able to go look at a generic, you know, ship online and 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 internet search you know like you said miranda class and just be like oh this is you know this is this is my ship now you know that i don't want that and i think that's very smart you know of what you're thinking like with the miranda class you know for someone to take your ship perhaps or whatever and be like oh this is mine now for their production screw that it's your ship you know nobody can take a screenshot of uh the Harrison and be like, Oh, I'm going to use this for my production. You can easily look at that and go, Hey dude, this is my ship. Man. Don't, don't take it. You know? Um, and that's, it's kind of bragging rights where, uh, it's very easy today to take a, a screenshot of a constitution, you know, class and go, this is mine. And you can't really prove, is it mine or is it not? You know? Yeah. So, 17 different constitution yeah. classes from numbers ranging from yeah yeah unless you look at that registry you can't really tell and that's that's where you know people like you know from the dreadnought dominion or the avalon stuff or you know like the aries class or you know like what you've done or what i've done like that's where setting yourself apart makes sense um you know anything like that um and and no offense like as, as much as i love sam cocking's work I think you kind of lose something when you have uh, like a regular Excelsior class or a uh, um, like a Sabre class. Like uh, unless you look specifically at that registry, I don't know if that's from the show or if that's, you know, from just a generic thing. I don't know because all of those just kind of run together. You know, when you have something that sets yourself apart, um, it, it, it does stand out. You know, so I I prefer when people do stuff like that because it it just feels like they put a little bit more thought as opposed to well, let me grab an Excelsior class. You know, personally, I love the Ambassador class. If I could do one, you know, if I was really in Starfleet, I'd be like, put me on an Ambassador class. Really? I think. Oh, dude, I it, it, Defiant or Ambassador class. Those things are Defiant, beautiful. I, I love Defiance. Yes, Defiant is is a sweet ship. If you're in war, defiant. Otherwise, ambassador like they have the the ambassador class has the 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 majestic look of a galaxy class, but the the kind of smaller compartmentalized look of a constitution class, and so it has kind of the best of both worlds. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would I would <laughs> I would love to be on a defiant. Um, just because it's like it's it's got the quantum torpedoes the the um, yeah it's it's the whole package you know um, but you know those things you can Google search an image and steal your shit you know <laughs> so I never would want that you Donna know? do you have a favorite ship uh, not really I uh, my favorite uh, one is I love the Voyager and I've gotten to where I love. Uh, pro, uh, prodigy in the, that ship that they have. Oh, the pro star. Yeah, the pro. Yeah, uh-huh. and it's. Uh, I've just you know it's more the characters that are there than the ships that appeal to me. And I'll say one thing about Vance's script writing. I had written a scene 
some time ago, and uh, I'd given it to Frank, and Vance has rewritten it so that it actually sounds good. <laughs> so, it's going to be in uh, in uh, Rami Linnell's, so yeah. Okay. Do you do a lot of Do you do a lot of script writing? I don't, oh, uh, Donna. Let, I let I let Vance do that. I, I I get ideas and I can write a story, but the formatting formatting a actual script, you know, however you format it, I I'm not real good at that. But I just uh, it was just one that, and you'll you'll know it when it comes up when we when we uh, actually do that. So when we do Romy Linnell's. And do the you know the critical not cynical on that. I have to say one of one of the things, and and I forgive me. I feel like I'm still in your guys's airtime because I feel like I'm blabbering on about you guys. You always blabber on, but I'm used to that. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I I I love writing for Tamaril and 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 Sam. Because there's so much, like, I love both Frank and and Donna as people. And listening to them go back and forth as I'm talking to Frank. Because um, keep in mind, when I was when I was heavily involved with, with all these Constar films, and, and Frank and I were just doing, like, all the time. Like, we were every day on the phone. And I don't I don't get the chance to talk to Frank as much as I used to, which, which sucks. But, but I, has improved my sleep. <laughs> right, right. Three o'clock in the morning. Vance's <laughs> calling Frank. Wake up! <laughs> I, those ideas, like when I get excited, I get excited. Yeah. Um, but uh, it it's one of those it's one of those things that you know I, I've I've heard so much of them you know the the back and forth banter between them. And, and I just, I love both of them so much and I hold both of them in such high regard. And I think it really comes across and, and especially in, uh, I, we have to put it up, Frank, maybe you can send the link to, uh, do you, do you remember the film, um, of, uh, for, what's the film that we do the after credits where you guys are going to the future? Do you remember what film that was in, Frank? Uh, oh, I thought you were thinking of uh, what I thought you were thinking of is is the scene from uh, "You Are Recalled." Which one is that one? That was the one where she and I are sitting there with the thorn and everything else. Thorn and everything else. Yeah, where well, where we come in and day, uh, Stephen, uh, yeah. Um, Denson has given me that uh, that thing, that moral dilemma, and I'm sitting there trying to figure out if I should go to, to you know to the Romulans or not. That was the one that we did in the uh, the universe with uh, Lobato at the very beginning, and then I talked to uh, Stephen Denson. Yeah, you are recall, and I, I he says something about uh, and you are. I, or I said uh, had to be a thorn in his side. The, the, yeah, there, there's there's that one. Yeah, there's that scene. See that, and that's a great, see, that's a line that I completely forgot. Um, yeah, but there, there there's that one. But there there's when you guys are going to the future. 
Um, and it's it, it not to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen my million gajillion films. I can't remember which one that was. Yeah, see, I can't either, and I I feel like a I feel like a a, a dumb noodle here. Well, you've um, got so many; they've got to be hard to remember all of them, dude. I don't remember any of their names. I'm like, ah, the one with the thing and the the doohickey and the the the, 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 the one with the ship, you know. Um, <laughs> but it's 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 in an after credits, and it's where Frank and the Harrison. Uh, it's it's Frank and Donna, and Donna's in the back, and they're they're zipping away doing what they do and it, it's a line and i forget it i forget what exactly happens but but frank if frank's ready to just give up and he he, he kind of looks over at donna and he's like uh oh yeah i know which line you're you're talking about and yeah go, just, go ahead, yeah you you say it frank because i know i'm gonna butcher it i i always do yeah I, I i think i say something like uh i just wanted to let you know and she says i understand husband or something like that yeah yeah, she, it, yeah yeah she cuts him off he's like i just want to let you know and she cuts him off she's like i know husband and it's it's so subtle and i love how donna delivers that and I think, like, she's a very underrated actress um, <laughs> because, like, she doesn't – she's never in your face on anything she does. But it's it's some, it's some stuff like that where I'm like, this is why you are a perfect Vulcan. This is why I can buy you being a doctor and a psychologist, like, a counselor. Like, this is why because you're giving this man exactly what he needs and nothing more. You don't need to hear what he has to say. You already know. And to me, it, it it rivals the relationship between like Sarek and Amanda. She already knows what he has to say. And he already knows what she has to say. They have that connection. You don't need to hear it. And that to me, like you feel that history. And to me, when I wrote those lines, whenever I write those two together, it, it it's Donna and Frank. It's just we're in these characters, and I love that because that's why I, I like I wrote it that way, and they delivered it better than I I could have imagined. And when I did my final film, uh, some of us stand on our own together, uh, and I put a joke in there where uh, <laughs> you let's hear it. Go, go ahead, Frank. Uh, yeah, it, it's uh, um. She's talking about Eve and the the apple. Oh yeah, yeah. She's talking about Eve and the apple, and 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 how how we went down. You know how humankind and went down. In your mythos, it says in your mythos. Uh, obviously, Eve uh, traded the uh, or world for an apple, and Frank and then and, then, and, and I look up and I go. I wonder what she would have done for a Klondike bar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and then Menard, and, and then and then Menard comes up and says his goodbye. You know, yeah. with with Eobard on its back, and 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 that's the big goodbye. And then zoop, the the ship flies away. But I wanted my film to end with mm -hmm. a happy, jolly moment with yeah. two two you know with with my best friend and his wife and a happy moment instead of a a real downer, which a lot of my films had been, you know, they've been known for the solemn, the, the real Michael Keaton, Bruce Wayne type moments of silence. Mm -hmm. I wanted this to end on a happy moment. And I thought, well, 
Frank is a funny person and Donna's funny too. Well, let's get these two characters to be happy. And, and again, you know all you need to know in that joke because these two people, these two characters get each other. And, you know, here Tamara is engaging, you know, Sam in his quote unquote myth and he busts up a joke. And again, she would get it, but, you know, it's, it, it's, 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 it's just the way it is. This is the way it is in our home life. You should see the dirty jokes I sent her that she doesn't understand. And then I throw <laughs> things at him. You throw things at him? <laughs> but that's however. But that's, but that's yeah, the but that's the joy of, of writing for these uh, for writing for these two especially, and like and, and the other characters, uh, you know, most certainly. But 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 these two because of the the special nature that, that they have in my heart um you know i love donna i love frank um and i think it really comes across in all the writing that i get to do um for them is you you see the the love that i have for them and that they have for each other and it shows in their characters um and it is a real joy um to watch them portray what i write and, and just do do that much better um, it's it's a joy. So, yeah, I want to bring something up here that you mentioned earlier before. In a way, it was um, something about it being a counselor and a Vulcan doctor. And I'm going to set the record straight right now because there is someone in fandom who said that they had the first Vulc. Uh, they had the first counselor on a starship in the TOS era. And of course, because of his production, everybody believes that. But Donna was created two years earlier in Dreadnought as a Vulcan counselor on the Starship. And we're talking about the big V. And I... Uh, and, and she then, was actually the first one in any fan films that was a counselor in that in that time frame. Hmm. And and the Not one of the other ones that when I uh, did uh, during that first scene that we did on that first uh, on the dreadnought, we're sitting there, and Randy says something about uh, you uh, something about you've studied it or something like that, and I say I am the doctor, and I just had to put you know I just had to put it that way because uh, she's on the list. Yes, I'm a Hoovian. Yes. <laughs> what made you decide on being a Vulcan for your for your cosplay and for your character? Uh, I just uh, well, eons ago, she was my a dad with the was, green guy. I was in. I, yeah, my dad was watching TV. I walked in. Dad, is that science fiction? There's a green guy on there, and I fell in love with the green guy. <laughs> so. I, I just uh, my friend Terry Roberts and I did the uh, uh, Vulcan robes, and we, did, you know, we uh, did all that. And her sister Beth, who we lost a few months ago, uh, she was she actually did uh, Darth Vader, which leads to a very interesting story in Seneca, South Carolina, when we were lost and had to stop a police officer to uh, get back to the hotel while we were in costume. 
<laughs> so we we had a the, uh, Terry had fallen and gotten hurt. We went to the hospital to get her checked out, and we're going back, and we got bad directions. And I blink my lights at the police officer. He walks up and he looks at me. He said, "Okay, ma'am." Uh, and he looks in there, and he looks in the back. Then he looks at me. He looks at Terry. He looks at Beth in the back. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I said, we're lost, we're lost, we're hopelessly lost. And, and, and then he said, license and registration. You said, we're interstellar travelers. <laughs> he patted me on my hand. He patted me on my hand said, it's okay. Uh, I said, well, I've tried to get here. He said, follow me. Then, then he stopped and he said, oh, we missed the turn back there. <laughs> A lot of help. Gary and I tell our eight miles, six miles from Seneca story. So that's it. So. Well, I'm glad that you decided to, to pick a Vulcan. I don't think it's very often that we see Vulcans in fan films. I mean, at least in the ones that, that I've seen. And I think that's probably because you have to commit to the prosthetics yeah. and, and makeup and uh, which can add some time. Yeah. The thing, the thing I think works for, for Tamara is like your, your hair goes and kind of hides the, the fact that like you're not spending, you know, five hours in the makeup chair or whatnot. Yeah. Um, and the thing I think works with Tamara is you have personality and it shows beneath the, I'm going to get rid of every emotion I have. Like my favorite Vulcan and nobody castrate me, please, um, is Tim Russ. It's not Leonard Nimoy. Um, and it's because you can see the emotion behind um, the eyes, you know, especially in his dealings with Neelix. Um, <laughs> you can sense that, oh, man, I just want to punch you in the mouth <laughs> type vibe from him. Um, but I love I love that, you know, because you can you can see so much and yet he doesn't he, he doesn't right. show it. Um, yeah. And I, I, get, I get the same sense from Tamaril. Um, when you're portraying her. And I love that. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of fan films go short. They're like, okay, I got to cut off everything. It's like, well, then you're just a robot. You know, that mm -hmm. that's not a Vulcan to me. That's not Vulcan society. And I think that's where, uh, when you guys started Dreadnought Dominion and continued with Crossroads, I think that's where you guys excelled, um, is you guys don't have the budget that Avalon or, or Star Trek continues or Star Trek phase two had you guys have story and you guys have limitations. So let's accentuate the positives. Let's hide the negatives. We, we've got character. Let's drape the hair over the ears. And we can hide the fact that you can't blend right here. <laughs> you know, it's, you yeah. know, and that's, that's yeah. a perfect way to do it. You know, um, you know, you don't know how hard in the beginning and, and, and it was, and, and it really would have made my days if I could have gotten Jolene Blaylock to play tomorrow. Well, you better, yeah. glad to, you better be <laughs> glad you're in the man cave, my husband. You know, there is lock on the door. <laughs> I'm, upstairs. I'm upstairs in my uh, craft room. So. so if we hear a lock click, then <laughs> you know Frank's in trouble. <laughs> yeah, and that, would, that oh, was my, my triple. Yeah. Oh, you've got a triple right next to you? Oh, that's cute. 
Now, what, what were you about to say, Frank? Um, no, I was going to make the Jolene Blaylock, uh, because Donna knows that I've always loved that particular Vulcan. Mm-hmm. And I let her know every time I see her on screen, which usually comes to burnt coffee and things like that for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has to be nice to me because, uh, you know, if he wants his coffee, he wants to brew his own coffee, you know. <laughs> but but one of the things about Crossroads that I've been trying to foster is, is the thing that we have in a lot of the fan films like uh, Avalon and uh, uh, Axanar and things like that is a family attitude that everybody, you know, is always you know, anybody can come to me if they've got a problem, but we've been really lucky that we haven't had that type of drama on there. Um, I've been on sets that there have been drama, and it's not a fun thing. That's why that's why we try to have as much fun as we can, you know, from that point and try to have those levity, levity moments. And, and the, the other thing, too, is... I purposely did not want Grissom to be a Kirk, to be uh, a Pike. I wanted him to be an anti-hero. You know, I have my flaws. I still have my flaws because I still carry the dreadnought, uh, the Dominion being ambushed and having, you know, people on my crew killed. Uh, because I felt that I let them down. And it's just, that's how I, I play Grissom from that point. No more of a, not a tragic captain, but uh, one, I, I think I'm not out for the heroics. I just want to get my people back safe. Well, and that's, that's, one, that's a good way to play the character. And I, I certainly appreciate playing it like that. Whereas I think that it's easy to get in when you're playing, uh, when you're in these films of being the captain or the one in command and emulating that, uh, you know, the, the Kirk style or the Pike style, being the hero, uh, and you're playing a character that's more flawed, which I think can give more drama and some more feeling to the film. Well, a lot of the, a lot of the times, like I mean, let let let's not pretend that playing Star Trek isn't everyone's fantasy, at least sci-fi wise. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not maybe not the sports jocks, you know, fantasy, but for for people in our circle, you know, start playing in a Star Trek fan film is is a pretty cool thing. You know, so of course everybody would want to be a Captain Kirk or Mr. Spock or, you know, because they, they, in their mind, they're like, man, I've always wanted to be Spock. I've always wanted to be Kirk. But, but as cool as those things are, what's more interesting to play? Someone that's more lifelike and relatable and, and something that can give you some, che- some, some, some scenery to chew, you know, something to do as opposed to I'm the hero, you know, no, that, that's as cold as it would be to be Superman. 
how boring would that be to be Superman? You know, if you can blow out, you know, the sun with your super breath, oh, that's not challenging. That's, that's a very boring hero to be, you know, um, it, it's, it would be boring to write for that person, you know, for that superhero, you got to think of challenges. And if you're always Mr. Perfect, well, that's not a character you want to write for. So to have a flawed character, one of the best scenes uh, that I put, I'd say probably my top five films that I've been in, um has been where you and i have been just fucking yelling at each other you know because i think you're a son of a bitch for leaving starfleet or something i forget what it was that's all like i think i think you and i were discussing my, my father or something and, and you like you love the guy and i hate the guy or something like i forget what it was about at this again so many films i forget but like you and i really go for gold on that one and it's 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 not that I'm right. And it was wrong. funny. It was our, it was our first time playing off each other. And of course, yes, we we didn't see each other. We did nope. our lines. It was a com box, and it just meshed. It. I mean, we we to this day, it it to me it's it's. I think it's one of the best things that he and I have have done together. Yeah, it really like you feel because that was when when. When you came back to fan films, I, I've been very open. I mean, hell, we've both have been very open. I didn't like yeah. it. I, I didn't want to. But and I, I like, still don't like me. <laughs> when Donna gives you that burnt coffee, she doesn't like you. So we're all in good company here. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's one of I those like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it's one of those things that I wanted, I wanted my character to come at you know, I started to like you and, and, and see you through different lens than what I used to, because I, I used to have that mentality of you. Um, and I, I felt like, well, what if my character did? Because, of course, Sam left the Dominion. He left Starfleet. He, you know, he what if Menard has that opinion, even though Vance doesn't? Let me put that into my writing, because a lot of my writing is from real life events or at least inspired from and and you and i just go for gold on this i mean you're reaching out to me as kind of the the, the son he never had i'm telling you f off as the you know i don't want your you know hot sexual advances that you're doing um you know don't and, call me son <laughs> yeah dude it was it was intense you know um and it was really a good scene Running and, up that uh, hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Running up that yeah. hill. Yeah. yeah. You see, and, let me let me tell you, Jefferson, when he and I got together yeah. to do podcasts and stuff like that, the only reason he took me on is because they know how to work string yards and he couldn't figure it out. That's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> I had to be his friend for that, you know. <laughs> for string yards. <laughs> That's it. But uh, no, it was it was really it was really great to 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 see that. And if, if he had gone if he had gone into fan films going, I want to be the perfect captain, you wouldn't have had stuff like that. You know, um, it, it's kind of why people prefer serialized shows as opposed to episodic. You know, episode episodes episodes are great. Serialized is a, a preferred format because you get that continuity of character. You know what happened last episode matters this episode, and that'll matter next episode. And that's part of the beauty of 
of writing for characters like Frank, like Tamaro, you know, um, and the characters of Crossroads is, you know, these characters, uh, a lot of what happens stick around. You know, if we lose a character, it's going to weigh on Frank's heart because he's already lost characters from the Dominion, you know, and he's left one ship. What happens if he leaves another? You know, um, you know, it, it, it matters. And, and those are the conversations that when Frank and I do talk, it matters, you know, so um, I, it's it's really great. This show is really a wonderful show. I commend you on that. It was I like the sets. I like the story. I like the outdoor scenes. So uh, the dialogue, you guys did pretty well on this. So definitely give you a, a thumbs up on that one on a well done fan film. So what did you see as a flaw? Oh, yeah, because I mean, there's always flaws in, in a film. And I, and I like to hear what people see so I can be better. You know, I can take criticism without any problem. So that's why it's great to say I love the sets and stuff like that. What did you see that you weren't appealed by? Are you talking to me or Jefferson? I know what you think. I'm talking to Jefferson because you've been talking the entire time. <laughs> Love you, bro. <laughs> hey, you learned how to count. Wow. Children, quite Thank you, Donna. <laughs> uh, the only thing that I could really think about that uh, that jumped out to me a couple times and it wasn't it wasn't a big thing but there were a couple scenes that i felt went on longer than they needed to be okay. and uh that was just kind of my my first feeling was good scene but it just feels like okay it could have been finished by now but it's still going uh and I'm, I, I think I want to say it was, um, oh, it was, it was one of the conversations you had when you were, when you're on the away mission uh, with the, uh, uh, not with Tamaro, but the other, the other character. What was that gentleman's oh, name? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, uh, with uh, one of the guys. Yeah. Or was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, with yeah. with one of the guys. I I don't recall the the character's name, but um, it was it was one of those scenes. And again, not, you know, not a major criticism. I just, I, I felt like this, the scene went longer than it, the, the dialogue in the scene probably went, it felt like it went longer than it needed to. See, yeah. my, my, my thinking. No, that's, um, that, no, that's good to, no, that, that is good, good criticism. I like that. My, my thinking, my thinking was. Because we the, think some areas dragged too. <laughs> <laughs> See, my thinking was the 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 conversation the conversation on the planet with uh, Bedford and was Bedford and Jaeger mm -hmm. or was it Gifford? No, no, no. Gifford, Gifford was never on scene on that. He, I, he's only mentioned. Okay, he I wasn't. Was which, which, which one is the one? Because all I remember is the, the, the scene where they're talking about. Um, uh, yeah, the, that was Bedford and uh, 
and Jaeger. Jaeger. Okay. Mm-hmm. About the Carson and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, when I wrote it, how I envisioned it was this was a a, a heartfelt I don't want to be here. I don't deserve to be here. Okay, this is how I feel. I kind of feel this way because I've got this trauma. This is a shared trauma from two people. And we come up and rise together from a shared trauma. And now we're going to be like, this is this is our shared bond. This is our moment together because I feel this way. I feel this way. We both don't really belong here. But because we both don't belong here, this is this is our this is our shared experience and now let's get through this together and to me to make that scene work you need to slow the the scene down um because it's kind of like hey hey my cat got hit by a car oh mine too yeah all right let's have some soup all right cool like the fuck you know and that 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 to me it's like man if you are pissed at your boss because you feel like he doesn't want you there that that's a heavy burden and then if the other person's like yeah i don't like the shit that i went through i just i witnessed fucking 50 people dead i i don't know like i get where you're coming from but my bot like our boss is my my comfort like this is where we can come you know it's one of those things where it's like if they're 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 opening themselves up to each other and that's something that that's something that like should be slowed down for a moment the audience needs to sit there and 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 share that with these people because we're all going to sit back and go where have i put myself putting themselves in the the character's shoes where can I relate with these people? Like when Picard is with his brother after he was assimilated and they're in yeah, the vineyard right. fighting. That to me was these moment for these yeah. characters. That's our, that's our moment to relate to these characters and want to be, you know, that that's our moment to make these characters from Picard and his brother to miles and Julian. <laughs> this is our moment, but we need to take a step back and sit with these characters. We can't just rush through it. And to me, we rushed through it. And so if we it just slowed down to, yeah. to sit with these characters, let this soak in. Um, so that that to me was the only real criticism um, is you can't you can't rush through a heart to heart, you know. So in, in, in part of that, in part of that, and I'm not justifying it because I'll be very perfectly honest with you, Jefferson, this movie or this film almost didn't get out because. Yeah. We had a whole bu- bunch of lost footage. Really? Yep. yep. Yeah. And 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 so we, as a matter of fact, you probably didn't notice, but I had to reshoot part of that scene with uh, Jaeger in my yard. And fortunately, we were able to blend the trees in. If you look at it, you'll see, and we, you know, Without really looking at it, he should have been moving a little bit more. We had to shoot a lot of his dialogue here uh, because the cameraman, and he didn't let us know for months on end that he had lost that. He was supposed to be editing the film, too. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, it was it was a disaster. And if it had been for Greg, 
and I give Greg Mitchell a lot of kudos because he put this film together. And the only reason it's good is because we reshot the first scene and the ending credits. We did the bridge screen and we should have done better shots. And I'll tell you where my criticism is. We were shooting at an angle. And what I did not know, this is lesson learned. Jason was on camera on this side and I had my phone going on the other side and I couldn't understand it why he wanted to shoot from an angle and then he told me that my D6 that I was shooting with I never thought of it does not have a wide angle film or lens so to get what he needed to he had to shoot it from an angle when all I could have done if I had known what was going on is I would have brought my camera my, my phone we would have shot it with the phone camera to get the full panoramic yeah so these are this is this is, to us is our lessons learned. Yeah, but, but the but the but the thing about it, Frank and I, I mean, it's because you, you and I have talked about the as you put it, the, the lessons learned. I you if you can watch this film and and not walk away with it and go, man, someone needs to wave a skunk in front of Frank's face because that stunk. Um, <laughs> you know, then, 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 I mean, you know, then I mean, congrats. Um, I, I mean, I'll, I, I'll be honest, Greg and I both were probably about a day away from, from telling Frank, Hey man, that this, this is not edible or edible. Uh, <laughs> it tastes good though. you like a little banana peels on the side. That, that's why we don't have a pole. He had a pole to eat that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why there's no footage because I was licking all the damn rolls, man. Um, but no, like we we were, it was not, uh, uh, it was not. We didn't have the footage we needed, and and Frank, like the day before, I was going to tell Frank, hey man, it it ain't gonna work. We don't have a film. Like Frank sent the footage, like boom, 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 boom. And and I send it to Greg, and I was like, "Here you go. See what you can do with it." And Greg looked at all the stuff. He's like, "Yep, I think I can make this work." And I was like, "Fucking a, right on." Then I then, then we're good. Then then we cool. we did a reshoot that we weren't gonna do, and that reshoot saved the film. Yeah. So to me, that that shows what what creative, you know, it's it, 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 it's not that you didn't know what you were doing. It's you didn't have that one hand tied behind your back anymore. Cause it's like, you had all the, I mean, you, it, it, it's easy to say you can't put a puzzle together when you hit when you're missing like three fourths of the puzzle, you know? Um, so to me, you know, this is a, this is a great film in spite of the, the flaws that are there, you know, um, it's a great film. It's a great film, you know? So. Well, I think we had a, a good session there. So this was a great uh, critical, not cynical review. And I agree with V-Man, great film. So you're going to be commended on that. I look forward to seeing more of your films, especially Romulan Nails. And uh, I appreciate, uh, Frank, you and Donna taking out the time sitting with us. Well, of course, Frank, you're part of the, the daggone show. <laughs> <you're> duh. 
yeah, it's it's late. Next week I'll just come just like this, and I won't I won't even. I mean, where's where's you're gonna? Oh, the wig. I love that wig. <laughs> my, my Romulan wig. Yeah, yeah. Now you, now you know why the Romulan elves. Yes, absolutely. I don't know. I can't do it. And, I, and I'm backwards on the camera and all. <laughs> well, you guys, I think uh, we can go enjoy our, our Friday nights. I know I will. I've got a lot of relaxing and gaming to do and catching up on stuff that for whatever reason I didn't all get done today. So on behalf of myself and Critical Not Cynical, uh, Donna, thank you for joining with us tonight. And uh, thanks to our listeners and viewers. And we just want to tell you, live long and prosper. We are beyond your podcast. Lower your inhibitions and surrender your years. We will add inspirational and hilarious trip content to your day. Your attention will adapt to subscribe to us. Resistance is futile. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can support us at patreon.com slash beyondtrek.